Hello and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Pelin Keskin Lewis, screenwriter and producer, and I'm heartbroken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jenny Dijon, culture writer and critic. This is Succession Send-Off, our special series following along Succession's fourth and final season. We're talking about the last episode of Succession ever, episode 10, with open eyes. Shit. Jenny! Yeah. We're gonna get into it, like, believe me. Um, a brief one-sentence summary, just about the whole episode, if, if you haven't watched it. A final board meeting determines the fate of Waystar Royko. It sure does, and it sure did. So, <laughs> goes without saying, don't listen to this if you haven't watched it. Um, thoughts, Jenny? What What are you thinking? What's going on? I, uh, I've read so many theories, so many predictions. There are elements of those predictions, I think, that came true. It is like... Yes. It's very true to a lot of what people were thinking. But at the same time, the way it happened was a little bit different from what I was expecting. It, I'm, I still managed to be a little bit surprised and a little yes. bit just unprepared for some of the things and some of the way that things shook out. The pacing of this series finale mm-hmm. is incredible. Like the way that it picked when to reveal information and then to which character and then how that ultimately determined everything and how it ultimately came down to what it came down to was perfect there were so many times like just a little i mean as a as an audience i feel like we've gotten so good at the little mannerisms that each character has whether it's the siblings or just anyone like with madsen when the episode opened i was like he's gonna fuck her like he's gonna fuck her over yeah and it's really obvious and a part of me was like is he gonna back out of the deal because then that would be really funny but i knew something was up and it's because like we've just become really well (laughs) tuned succession watchers where we know that if someone doesn't have that kind of like up and up energy that something's wrong and then from that point onwards it just went on a roller coaster yeah. ride i mean the thing about this episode is it was did a really good job at staying true to each of these characters um all these characters yes. that we've, we've you know known for it feels like a very long time now and to like you're saying their man- mannerisms their qualities like what they tend to do what situations they find themselves in and the reactions or responses to them it stayed very very true to all that so you see everything from like madsen and his thing like okay he's kind of he's a sexual harasser and he will he will remain like you know kind of like sexual you know harassment vibes yeah Um, (laughs) like you have Greg just gregging it up. He's always been a little bit of a, like, a little weasel who gets all the information somehow. This gold information in his hands, and he uses it for his own good. That stays the case here. And and each of the siblings, of course, they take make some moves that we might see it as growth, but actually it's just like it's very true to who they are. And the only one I think at the end who still hasn't quite figured out how to move on is Kendall. Yeah. And I think I found it really funny how in that brief moment, I guess, like very similar to their their little bonding session that they had before Shiv's wedding or like, oh yeah, you know, like where they become children again, where they become siblings again. 
and it's it's almost like a lightness and a relief has washed over yeah. all of them yeah you know and you know I really believed it then I really at that point I was like oh what I was anticipating was actually they are a united front and something else happens that fucks them completely over and then as a united front then they become then they don't get what they want you know like it's it's like they all can't seem to accept the truth but like what we saw is actually yeah two out of the three accepting the truth and the, and the third one essentially being yeah like it's it's the same thing that happened to them at the, at the pilot of the episode uh, pilot of the season itself where he was promised one thing one second by his father and then the next they were he was turned upon um by his very own sister do you know what i mean um just fascinating like the, just that kendall tragedy trajectory is just yeah i the, mean i love to that, watch that, it like, <laughs> i'm the eldest boy like so much of this is it really goes back to their their childhoods and like the freud of it all and i mean the opening theme and and you know where it's this this sort of very nostalgic childhood childhood in the hamptons kind of thing like that's just perfect uh in terms of where we're at with the characterization and the and the themes of the show just a lot of resonance there so great pick yes and i i think i really loved i I really loved how i think with shiv especially her the the way that she it was for her in this episode like so much happened to her and she ultimately ended as you know, still the, like, she started off as this daughter of the CEO and then went on to be the sister of the co-CEOs and then ended all as the oh, wife nice. of the CEO, which is, like, bad day for feminism. Right, I mean, it, it's, it's <laughs> In very the world much, of this. I mean, that's yeah. true. Like, it's, this show is not afraid to kind of keep, pushing forward with like the harsh truth the harsh reality like yes. it's yeah it would have been like so such a different choice for them to be like okay it's let's give shiv a win like we need a win otherwise we're you know we're endorsing some kind of like <laughs> misogyny like non non-feminism but the reality they've created and the reality they're reflecting is this one and so i think also yeah that was true and and shiv finally i think she like gets it in her head like okay it's never gonna happen for me it was never gonna happen for me right so if what control do i have yeah what right what are my options and i would rather be the wife of the ceo than the sister of the ceo who like she said i cannot fucking stomach you and this way you know at least there's that little bit of hope for the (laughs) the shiv tom sort of relationship and the way she looks in the car is so i mean she's a million miles away she has i know yeah resigned herself to this she probably i don't know it's it's her own version of heartbreak yeah and it, you know what it is as well i think it's just the fact that ultimately as a strategy thing like you said she can't it she can't stand being the one who didn't get the CEO position, her brother got it, and it's within the family. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think for her, she prefers the puppet to the company that she officially has to say goodbye to. Like, it's not hers anymore. It's not the family's anymore. So it's it's better that than 
it being in the it being in the family and then like it not being hers you know um like if i can't have it no one can have it kind of thing which is just like classic i think like just the three of them and that that argument in that room and then for i was gonna say oh my god i was i think i like let out an audible gasp when shiv brought out kendall's big secret yeah like his his big weakness essentially yeah yeah and the way that he then was like it wasn't real it wasn't real and like they were both so like just taken aback by the fact that he even lied about it and that it was a move which i don't know if they if any of them believe that but it was the way that it just ended on like (laughs) like they fought you know like kendall attacked um roman which is really funny because he kept defending his brother from his dad all those years and then he was the one to finally then like physically assault his brother out of his frustration because he can't hit shiv and that's what he actually wants to do but then for roman to then sit on that table and just be like we're all we're fucking nothing like we're all basically we're all jokes right like it was never meant to be any of us and again like i think this is a thing that like Anyone that's been a fan of Roman, me included, over the years, I've always appreciated his honesty. I've always appreciated the way that he can kind of see everything for what it is and ultimately, like, understand the philosophy of this world. And he always understood, like, when it comes down to it, he knows not to lie to himself when need be. He has a sort of clarity, a vision that's different from what Kendall or what Shiv has. And there are other times where... I mean, he's in denial about so many things, but oh, absolutely, when he finally, yeah. You know, lets the haze sort of clear out. He sees stuff. He he can see stuff a lot, uh, in a, in a more honest, naked light than I think. Definitely, Kendall did. Definitely, Shiv at times. Um, this, I mean, this is Roman's growth moment. Like, finally, he yeah, he can let this go, and you. Well, like we get this big emotional scene with Ken prior to that big fight, and you, the the physicality of Kieran Culkin in that moment when he is sobbing and clutching at his brother, that was amazing. Um, and that was kind of the the grief and and the release. And this is finally like the end. And I think, I mean, he'll be much happier for it. This character, yeah, and and very rich too. So he knows he's gonna be okay. Yeah, and he can probably use his like acumen in different ways, and then finally do something big for himself. Like he he maybe could grow something in a way that his father did as well. I, Who's to say? It, is, it's so funny that technically they're still on the hook for Pierce, right? They they bought it. Um, Are they for like ten yeah ten billion? Like contingent upon the sale of Waystar Royco, isn't that right? Yeah, if go if yeah if Gojo goes through, then they have. To, but like. Does it? Do they? I don't know. I guess that doesn't really matter, but, like, these three cannot be in the same room again, at least not without a shit ton of just therapy and healing, and I don't know if Kendall will ever get over it, to be honest, from my imagination, this character. There was a moment when they were signing the deal um, with those big fucking windows, where I was like, if if Kendall goes... Yeah, just just go pummeling through the through the air. I was kind of expecting something like that too, although I yeah. know it would have been a little bit too. <laughs> yeah, it's too know. much chip on the dip for the, yeah, for, for Jesse Armstrong for yeah, sure. But, but that's that's where he was at. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and yeah i mean he's probably gonna start using again he's probably gonna overdose or i don't know just like you know fade off into the sunset and never be heard from again kind of like james murdoch you know <laughs> like it's just it's, it's it's really honestly like quite sad it's, and it's, it's, it's funny because like you predicted this you were like i think for, for every week that we were like, who's going to take over? You were like, none of them are going to take over. It's going to be Gojo. This, like, none of them are going to get what they want. Like, and that's Gojo's actually what. Them. Yeah, and that's actually what happened. I also, that scene, <laughs> that scene where um, obviously everybody finds out that it's not going to be Shiv, and then they know that, like, sh- they find out that Shiv knows all that shit. That one scene with Madsen where he just, like, storms into the room and, like, gets all his like soldiers in line to start calling around to get the board in line was hilarious because I was just like I could just imagine that we're just like all right action and then he just fucking <laughs> storms into the room and that was incredible that was like an um, amazing 20 seconds um from Skarsgård so like good for him yeah um for Speak- like crushing this yeah. all the way to the end <laughs> yeah, absolutely and speaking of Madsen I'm glad they did finally make explicit that sort of like sexual tension between him and Shiv that chemistry because yeah. that yeah. was obviously palpable and they obviously they did something with that finally at least in you know providing a little bit of the motivation or the rationale behind some of the decisions so I'm glad they did that I am still waiting for the explanation or the acknowledgement of the Mencken Roman <laughs> chemistry which is equally like as palpable as that I, I honestly was just really happy that we found out that Stewie kisses boys on Molly. I thought that was fantastic. I love <laughs> I love that little bit of information for the girls out there yeah. that are on Stewie Hive. Um, yeah, they're really feeding like the, all these little crumbs. Yeah. Um, great mummy scenes as well. Yeah. You know, I really... She is not here that often, but she's always so effective. And I think, of course, it... It goes back to the mummy issues and the parent issues in general. So just like one little dose of Lady Caroline is so powerful. And she instantly brings them back to this kind of childhood thing where they are in turn neglected or overlooked or, uh, you know, betrayed. And they have to either squabble among each other or cling to each other for comfort. And so every time they just it just like brings that back. Yeah. Was there ever a point in this episode where it kind of went away that you didn't want it to go? I think the thing is that I I wasn't trying to have any desire of where I wanted it to go. There wasn't an ideal outcome for me because, you know, man, I'm just like open. This just is what it is, isn't it? But, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I gotta admit, like, there is that, that, like, just like flinch of pain when, when, things went off the rail for Kendall and that that mm-hmm. you know, yeah in that conference room when we see where shit is turning when that argument like there I know of course we we it's boring for us to just repeat over and over again we know these are like terrible people blah blah blah, blah. who fucking cares but still the the amount of character development and just like three-dimensional you know dimension that all of them have been imbued with and the time that we spent with them they make us care about what happens to these characters. That's just like good writing. That's like good TV. So yeah, I mean, I felt a little bit of a just like this sharp pain for for Kendall. I think. Yeah, and it's it's tough because obviously we knew 
like what that happened about 10 10 minutes before the episode ended we knew that it was probably going to be one of those instances where whoever is crown king is crown king and then the episode ends and then that's the end of the whole fucking show right so a part of i get what you mean because a part of me was like yeah so what if she can't stomach him so what if he's gonna fuck it for the company so what who cares like just give it to him right? <laughs> just give it to him yeah there was a part of me when she was like being like that i was like what is your fucking problem like the, the, which i think is really great because ultimately it wanted us to be in kendall's position yeah of just being so close and so desperate to a resolution that just works in a very clear favor for for him especially so we were there with him do you know what i mean like we he his desperation was kind of like our desperation like there was a part of us that was like what like it can't be tom like are you fucking kidding me a lackey just some fucking lackey that played his cards right and is just the right puppet for the guy you know yeah. felt so disheartening yeah. because there is poetry there is like we've always talked about it there's always been poetry about kendall taking over whether or not he fucks the company or not whether he's macbeth at the end of macbeth yeah you know it doesn't really matter it was just it would have been it would have been even more poetic i think in that form of tragedy even if we didn't see the downfall itself and we predicted it would probably happen once the camera's cut mm -hmm. i agree like there was a part of me that was like it would be so great if he just did it and they just fucking for once in their fucking lives had a united front about something that actually mattered but of course this is not the kind of show that gives its viewers what they want mm -hmm. like it is ultimately a matter of like we dropped into their lives in this pilot on a random day with a random board meeting and now we're dropping out and that's it that's life that's the tv show you know a smaller moment for me mm -hmm. uh was i really wish tom told greg to fuck off it would have been really nice you didn't like their little reunion of you know again like that that little kind of heartwarming sentiment almost a romantic aspect of it when they finally you know tom takes him back yeah well i get it in this world it's hard to find connections or you take the little shreds of love and like adoration that you can but i don't know it just would have been nice to, yeah. to see tom like you know ascend beyond yeah like Greg, maybe he you know? becomes a little bit of the killer that logan wanted to take over one day you know i'm actually i really like when they that they did have that scene where tom and greg fight because you can feel how much they hate each like other hate. at times yeah um, they hate they hate whatever it is that they see in themselves in each other that's what that is mm -hmm. oh they see the lackey in each other and they fucking hate it yeah. um i wish it went on for longer i really do like <laughs> <laughs> um but no i i yeah i mean greg played his card somewhat right mm -hmm. almost i don't know i just yeah i'm you know rest in peace hugo oh my uh, god rest in peace I, carl and frank it's so funny the hugo carolina thing like it's it's uh, my favorite that's, that's what you get you little fucking worm <laughs> like... yeah yeah exactly um but no he will be woof woofing no no more um yeah he chose the wrong he chose the wrong owner there I'm happy for Carolina though, so that's good. Uh, sad to see that, that Jess is no more. There was no more Jess. We oh, saw there's all the of new Jess, Jess last episode. There's a new Jess, yeah. White blonde woman. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. New Jess. Well, let me just run away from whatever I was trying to pretend I was with with Jess. Exactly. Yeah. How do you feel now that Succession is over? I feel very lucky to have lived through it. 
I really do. Like, it sounds so misty-eyed, but that's kind of how I feel. I initially did not start watching this show immediately when it started airing. I I, I think I waited until, like, yeah, still watched it, kept going, and then really fell in love with it at episode four, and it's just become one of my favourite shows of all time. So it's like it has anointed itself on the, like, the wall of the greatest hits of tv so i feel really sad that it's done but it is like it is a perfect set you know like the box set in my mind is like perfectly aligned and put away into the library of like what i consider to be like perfect writing and it's it's like it's like you know some like like some like fleabag that we knew was only going to be like two two seasons it's never going to not be one of the best tv shows of all time i'm never going to wish that i had more fleabag like it it's perfect i'm lucky that we lived through it i'm lucky that we watched it lucky that we appreciate it as like grown adults with like fully formed minds to be able to like really get to see the nuances of it but um i'm happy and sad so yeah how about you i think that probably echoes what I'm feeling. I feel this yeah. sense of a little bit of relief that it is it has come to an end and that it's come to an end on its own terms. I feel sad because of course, yeah, I think it's it's one of my favorite shows. It's one of the best shows on on TV. What do you think about what people have been saying about like this is a lot this is the end of TV. Like I've been seeing it a lot because there is like there hasn't been for a while like this has been the prestige tv like the continuation of like hbo tradition of like sopranos and sunday night yeah like how do you feel about because barry's ending tonight too yeah i mean it's a big moment we've had this weekend we've had barry ending succession ending we've had the season finale of yellow jackets we have the series finale of ted lasso this week later or the finale of what will be the current ted lasso iteration whatever um yeah i mean some people have been diagnosing this as like the kind of end of tv i don't necessarily think that's true and that i think there will always be amazing works of tv um but there is something i guess it's more reflective of a feeling about streaming in general right now and and content in general in the digital age which is the, the precarity of it like these things that are not making people money in the way that they would like like it's I don't know how it's what the networks are seeing, but like the people making them, these shows often are not making that much. Like that's all a big part of what the yeah. writer's strike is all about. And, and you know, we get all of this junk pumped out and like this, we were in, I guess what people would call the, the golden age of streaming, the golden age of TV for a little bit. And now it seems to be kind of, we're hitting more of, the lull or the pullback because of right. these these networks and these, these platforms are like, you know, we kept pumping money and I don't know exactly what we're seeing from it. And it just throws into question the whole future of investment, which is, I think, more of the thing. Um, yeah, especially something like Succession, which which was, you know, not initially very popular, <laughs> you know, like no, initially people didn't get it. And because it just kept getting renewed and just through word of mouth and through critical feedback and then the reach that it had um in a way that i think lived mostly on the internet but like that was the cultural conversation and has been for the last like five years right yeah it's just that constant output and consistent output where it was like you know every year there was a new season um really 
developed its audience and because of the quality of the writing and the quality of the studio development like all of that but yeah I don't know what that means now that it feel it still feels like that came in an era a little bit before whatever is going on right now so <laughs> we'll see should we should we do one last bit of our little recurring segments yeah babe let's do it okay. all right daddy's best boy <laughs> daddy's who best was it boy. for you this episode <laughs> Daddy's best boy. Ah, oh, shit. I'm going to give daddy's best boy to Carolina, you know? Slain as usual. I'm looking fantastic while doing it. Dragons left and right, baby. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to Jerry, our other queen. Um, she's back in the fold. She's going to shepherd this ship as, as she has in previous years with previous leadership. Yeah. But through these two characters, it's just, it's this idea that competence, and especially on, like, a, a women in these cases, like, it's, like, the sheer efficiency and competence that sort yeah. of keeps them around more. It makes them less disposable, I think, compared to some of the others who get discarded in this episode. But, yeah, our two competent queens. Yes. Um, all right. Disgusting boy. Disgusting brother. Oh who, who was it this episode? Oh my god. I mean, there's so many disgusting moments. I'm gonna call out Roman specifically for his comment about Ken's kids. And I think that's actually one of the first yeah. times that the show has explicitly confirmed, basically on air, like, these kids are not Kendall's biologically. Or at least yeah. Sophie. We, yeah. You know, we've always known, and Jesse Armstrong has talked about it in a podcast, and the actress playing Sophie has, like, also confirmed, like, yeah, Sophie, the character, is adopted. Um, but here, there's also this confirmation from Roman's character that Ken's other kid, Iverson, is also not considered, quote-unquote, real. Right. So, yeah, I mean, very fraught right there. And I know they're all hitting below the belt in that, in that fight, but this really felt like like Roman reaching big into his, his most disgusting reaches as, as deep as yes. possible. Yes. Yes. I mean, they're, they're all kind of thinking it. And yeah. like, we've always understood that we've, we've gotten that from Logan, you yeah, know, over the seasons. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't see his kid, his, Kendall's kids as um, his grandchildren really. Um, all right. Yeah. That's fair. That's a good one. Who's your disgusting boy? I'm probably going to give it to Greg. Greg. <laughs> One last time, man. Yeah, because he's a because he's a fucking idiot. Like, I did think that like the the translation app was a little convenient, but I understand, and I probably would have done the same thing um, if I was in his shoes. But yeah, he's just you know constantly trying to play a game, and then we find out he earns fucking like two hundred k a year. That was which. Like, I don't know why that's lower than I thought it would be. I know that was lower than I thought it would be, though. I don't know why. In my mind, he was higher? like making half a million. Yeah, I thought he was making half a million. Like, <laughs> I don't know how these things work. Yeah. You know, like I don't know how the the family members get compensated. I usually just assume it's like in the millions. Um, and then if it's not in the millions, then it's half a million. Um, but I mean, two hundred k is still really nice. It's just it's. I don't know, the, the way that he's trying to play the game, it's just not worth it, um, as far as I'm concerned. Like, just selling out to be another, like, corporate lackey. 
Um, so yeah, to- um, I was going to say Tom. No, Greg. <laughs> Greg. Tom was a close second for me. Um, and obviously we don't need to ask the final one, which is Succession Watch. And the Succession Watch is obviously Madsen slash Tom. Yeah. Wow. has concluded. Has concluded. Well, Jenny, thank you for being on this journey with me. Thank you for being my succession buddy. Let me know whenever you do a rewatch. I'll do it with you. Oh, very soon, I'm sure. Extremely soon. I'll probably do like an annual succession rewatch <laughs> as a form of tradition in my yeah. household. Um, so, yeah. Been a pleasure. And thank you, everyone who has stuck along with us on this journey. I don't know if we'll ever do this again for like a whole season dedicated to us but you know one episode per per episode tbd though TBD. we'll see what hbo's got coming down the pipeline and if it's, it's good enough like, <laughs> in our hearts though but it, it really was fun to get to sort of decompress and dissect everything each week with you and to share it with everyone who is listening and to hear like what all of you have been thinking too i know a lot of people have been like very excited about this like our people who listen to us and that's I love seeing that because it's sort of, it's like kindred spirits. Um, so yeah, our Monday morning spirits. gang. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we'll be watching whatever Jesse Armstrong does next. But it has been an absolute pleasure with all of you. Thank you so much for listening. As you all know, if you don't already, we are currently on hiatus because I'm shooting a short film. Um, and once that's done, we'll be back with our regular episodes. So make sure you keep watching TV, keep watching your movies. But for now, thank you so much for listening we will see you in about a month and thank you for succession send-off listening as well thank you